The previous Mishnah talked about somebody who stole from a ger, a convert, and then the convert died without leaving it behind any inheritors. And the Mishnah taught that the way for the thief to receive his atonement in such a situation where he is not able to return the stolen item, plus a chaymesh, a fifth, is that he should give the keren v'chaymesh to Kleanim who are working in the Beis HaMikdosh during that week. And he should bring the regular carbon Oshon, which a thief who swore falsely that he didn't steal, needs to bring. Now what happens if, not on a case of Lanshi Mishmar, the thief gave the money, the Karen and Chaymesh, to the men of the Mishmar, that refers to the group of Karenim who were serving in the Beis HaMikdosh during that week. All of the Karenim were split into 24 groups, and each week a different group would serve in the Beis HaMikdosh. So whichever group was serving that week, they would receive this money. And then, before managing to bring his carbon Oshon, Vameis, the thief died. So the thief didn't complete his atonement process. Nevertheless, says the Mishnah, The inheritors of the thief are not able to take back the money from the Kayanim, because that part of the atonement did work, and that did take place already. And the money already belongs to the Kayanim. Shalem, as the Posuk says, A man who gives something to the Kayanim, that thing remains belonging to the Kayanim. Now what happens if Nosana Kesef Lihayoriv, the thief gave the money to Yehayoriv, that's the name of one of the Mishmaris, and then he waited a few days until the next week, and then he bought his carbon Oshom, the Oshom he bought his carbon Oshom to be bought by the Kranim, but it was already the next week when the Mishmar, which was called Yedayah, served in the Beis HaMikdosh. Says the mission, it doesn't make a difference that it was two different Mishmaris, that's okay. Yotzah, he has fulfilled his obligation, and he has received a full atonement. However, if he first bought his carbon Oshom, Oshom Lihayoriv, he bought his carbon Oshom and the Mishma of Yehayoriv bought it up for him. They offered the carbon. And then the next week, the Kesef, he then bought the money and gave the money to Yehayor, to the Mishma of Yehayor, which was serving the next week. So, Im Kaima Oshom, if the carbon Oshom is still existing and it hasn't yet been offered up, then great, the members of the Mishma of Yehayor, the second Mishmar, should offer it up. And that works because the money was given to them before the Korban Oshom was offered up. Vimlav, but if not, if the Korban Oshom has already been offered up, before he gave the money to the Kranim, then that Korban is invalid, it doesn't work. He needs to go back and offer up a different Korban Oshom, because as the mission explains, because one who brings back the stolen item or the value of it, before bringing the carbon Oshom, he has fulfilled his obligation. But if he brings the carbon Oshom before returning the money or giving the money to the Kranim, then Loyotso has not fulfilled his obligation and he has not received his atonement and has learnt from the Apostle, which says that he needs to give the money apart from the carbon Oshom, with which he will atone. And the word Yechaper is in the future tense, which implies that at the time that he gives the money, he has not yet bought the carbon. Now, all this having been said, the Nosan Zakaren Vlonosachaymesh, what happens if he gave the Karen and he hadn't yet given the Chaymesh, but at that point he bought the carbon Oshom? Says the Mishnah in a Chaymesh Ma'akev, the Chaymesh does not prevent the carbon Oshom being valid, and since he gave back the actual value of the thing which he stole, so the carbon Oshom would be valid, and he would just need to bring the carbon, the, the, the Chaymesh later on after that. However, that doesn't stop the carbon Oshom being valid. When somebody steals something and that item still exists in its original form, then of course he is liable to pay back that item itself 
and not just its value. However, if he has changed the item in some way, then we saw the beginning of the previous perek that the item now sort of belongs to the thief, and he is now liable to just pay its value to its original owner. Now, if the following two things occur, then there is no obligation for the item or the value of the item to be returned to its original owner. And that is, firstly, Yush, that the original owner gives up hope of getting the item back. And secondly, Shinoi Rishus, where the item is transferred from the possession of the thief to somebody else. So, for example, if the original owner, after the item was stolen from him, it's a case where it's very unlikely he's going to be able to get back the item, so he gives up hope of getting it back. He has Yush. And then the thief sells the item which he stole to somebody else. The buyer will be exempt from giving that item back to its original owner because there has been Yush and Shinoi Rishus. So even though the item is still in its original form, the item itself hasn't been changed like at the beginning of Perictes, where if the thief changes the item significantly, then he'll only need to give back its value and not the item itself. None of that happened over here. The item is exactly the same item. However, since there was Yush of the original owner and there was a Shinoi Rishus, so the buyer will be exempt from giving back anything to the thief. Now, what about if Hagoizel or Machlis Bonov? Somebody steals something and he feeds it to his children. Are the children liable to give back its value? The answer is, since they themselves are not a thief and the item is no longer existent, so in such a case, they will be exempt from paying back, because the only time one needs to give back a stolen item's value, if the stolen item is no longer here, is only if you are the thief himself. But nobody else would be liable to do that unless it's the item itself still here. And the next case is Vihinyachlifnehem. The thief died and he left behind the item, the food which he stole, and they ate it. In this case as well, Ptomen Ashalin, they are exempt from paying. However, the Mishnah implies that if they haven't yet eaten the item, then they would be obligated to give back that item to the original owner. So we see that somebody who inherits something is not like somebody who buys it. The Shinoi Rishus which happens when somebody buys something is more significant than when somebody inherits it. If you buy it, it's literally a transfer of the ownership. It's a sale to the new person. On the other hand, when one inherits something, we look at him as being in place of the person who died. And therefore, just like the thief would have had to return the item, so too those who inherit him would need to return that item if it is still in its original state. Now, Mishnah adds in if there was also an item in the inheritance, these inheritors also inherited something which has a chrais nechosim attached to it. A chrais nechosim is where somebody is able to collect a debt from property, and this refers specifically to land. If the inheritors also inherited land from their father the thief, then the person from whom he stole is able to collect his debt from the land, because land can always be collected as the debt, even if the land was was sold to somebody. If someone is owed money, then they collect, they can collect the land from the person who bought it, from the person who owes the money. So also, if it's inheritance and it's not an actual sale, can the original owner collect that land? Then Chayov and they will be obligated to pay with that land. Now the next couple of Mishnah is discuss benefiting from stolen items. And the Mishnah says, in Pertin, one cannot exchange money for smaller change. From the chest or the box of a tax collector where he kept all of that money. 
Gaboin and not from the money pouch of other money collectors. And referring specifically to a case where these people would collect would, would collect taxes illegally. Either they would sort of appoint themselves and pretend that they are real tax collectors. All the ruling body there would rule abnormally high taxes, which were clearly not fair, and therefore it was also considered to be stealing. So one can't benefit from that, so you can't use it in order to in order to get change. And as well as that, they don't have tzedakah, one can also not take tzedakah from these money chests. If this tax collector wants to give you tzedakah, you can't take it, because he thinks that by giving tzedakah, so he makes up for all of the stealing which he is doing. So you're in the sense encouraging his sin, and that is forbidden, However, you are able to take money from that person, from his house or from the marketplace, if it doesn't come from that same chest where he keeps all of the money which he collects from the taxes. Since that money doesn't come from these taxes, so you wouldn't be benefiting from the stolen items, and therefore that is permitted. Mishnah Base, what happens if not these tax collectors took a person's donkey, and they gave him a different donkey? If thieves came and stole his clothes, they gave him a different item of clothing. Says the Mishnah Harid Shalai, he is able to keep the new item which he received. Because the original owner of that donkey or piece of clothing has given up hope of getting it back. This tax collector went to some, went from someone else, took somebody else's item, and gave you his item. And these tax collectors are fierce people. And there's definitely an assumption that the person who the tax collectors took it from gave up hope of getting that item back. Now, as we learned before, it's not enough that the original owner gives up hope of getting it back. There also needs to be shinoirishus. But this sort of exchange which the thief is doing, we look at that as a shinir rishus, since it's now no longer the thief who has the item, but it's somebody else who has the item. So there, that is shinir rishus. So after a combination of yush, of the original owner, and shinir rishus, this person will be exempt from giving back that item to the original owner. Continues the mission. Hamatzlum and Anohar, one who saves an item from a river which is about to flood that item and destroy it, or from an enemy army, or from thieves. If the owner of that item has given up hope of retrieving that item, so he has lost ownership of it already before you even come on the scene and take the item, here the Yush happened earlier on, before the person even took it. And therefore, when he takes it, that that's sort of like the shinoi rishus, and zahayelu shaloi, he is able to keep it. Continues the mission of The same applies to a, a beehive. For example, the bees all fly to a different location outside of the owner's field. If the owner gives up hope of retrieving the bees, then they belong to the person who then takes them because he took them after the owner had yush. said that in a case where the owner did not have any yush and he's running after the bees in order to get them back, and the bees are now found in somebody else's field. Is he able to go into that person's field and to just take the bees? That person might claim that they belong to him. So Rebbe Yechimim says that in this case, their menace ishoi koton loimar mikanyatun chilzeh. Even a woman or a child is believed to say that this beehive came out of this person's property. 
even though in general a woman or a child's testimony is totally invalid, in this case we do believe them, since anyway, mid Iraisa, it's impossible to own bees. Only Mijabonon is one able to actually have ownership of a bee, and so for this Mijabonon type of ownership, the Rabbonon said that we're going to believe and rely on the testimony of even a woman or a child. He is able to go through or into his friend's field, somebody else's field, in order to save his beehive. It's not considered to be trespassing. This is one of the enactments of the Rabbonon. The one has the right to go into his, another person's property in order to save his beehive. Vim Hizek, however, if he does damage in the other person's property whilst he's doing this, then Mishan Masha Hizek, he is certainly liable to pay for the damage which he does. Now what happens if he goes into his, another person's field in order to save his beehive, and he sees that all of the bees have now rested upon a branch of a tree belonging to that other person. It is forbidden for this person to cut the other person's branch, even if it's if it's on condition that his, he'll pay for the value of the branch. It's forbidden to damage somebody else's property on condition that he'll pay. However, interestingly, Rabbi Yishmol, Rabbi Yishmol, the son of Rabbi Yishmol, says, He is even able to cut down that branch, and then of course pay the value of the branch, because again this is one of the enactments of the Rabbonon, that in such a situation one is able to even damage somebody else's property to cut off his branch with the intention to pay for the damage which you are doing, as long as this is in order to save your own property, your own possession of the bees. One who recognizes his utensil or his books in the hands of somebody else, and he knows that that item is his. And as well as that, the Yotzelay Shengeneva Bo'er. It became known in that city that this person's utensil or books had been stolen. And now he sees that this person has them. And we're talking about a scenario where this person had not yet had Yush. He hadn't given up hope of retrieving his items. And because of that, according to the strict letter of the law, he should really be able to just take the item back and it will belong to him again. However, there is a concern of the Rabbonon that people will be very afraid to buy things from other people and the marketplace might go down, because we'll be concerned that perhaps I'm buying it from somebody who stole this, and the original owner hasn't given up hope, so the, the original owner might come to me and just take my item back, because it's really his item. And it's true that I'm not the thief, but since the original owner might not have had Yush, so he has the right to take his item back. I only don't need to give him the item if there was Yush and Shinirushus, but in a case where there was no Yush, so the original owner is able to take it back. So people will be afraid to buy things from other people. And so there's something known as Takonas Hashuk, an enactment regarding the marketplace. And that is the, the Rabbanon said that This buyer can swear to this original owner how much he gave, how much he paid for this item. The Yitoil, and he can take that money from this person who wants his item back. And then of course he'll have to give his item back. Vim lav. But if not, if the matter did not become known in the city that this person's items, items had been stolen, then in that case, local menu. He hasn't got the power to take the item from this person who bought it, even if he's willing to pay for it. Shani Oimer, because I said I could say, maybe this owner actually sold the item to somebody else. No one stole it from him. He sold it to somebody. And this person who now has it, 
bought it from the person who the original owner sold it to. And he has no witnesses to say that it was stolen from him. It's not a known fact in the city that it was stolen from him. And therefore he hasn't got the power at all to demand the item from this person who he now sees has the item.